Hi everyone, so um, welcome back to part two of the inflammatory dermatoses knowledge video. In this video we're going to be covering psoriasis and we have done another video covering eczema so make sure you check out that particular knowledge video if you want to find out a bit more about eczema. But starting off with psoriasis, so this is a really common dermatological condition that comes into clinic uh, quite often um, and is something that could also come up at interview. So having a, a good foundation in the knowledge about the history taking, examination, management um, of psoriasis is really important. So um, as you can see here, we've got some photos of what psoriasis classically looks like and we'll go into a bit more about kind of describing these lesions and um, examination of them shortly. But to start off with, in terms of when you are taking a history from someone with psoriasis, there's really important questions that you want to be asking. So um, in terms of the kind of history of presenting complaint, you know, this might be someone who has presented with their first episode of psoriasis. So you want to kind of want you want to know the chronology over the, the timeline of which, you know, these symptoms have started and progressed, the areas that are affected. So psoriasis will um, classically affect, you know, like the um, extensor areas. So the backs of the elbows um, over the knees, um, those are kind of classical areas compared to eczema, which tends to uh, affect the flexors. Um, and, you know, if this is someone who's already got a background of psoriasis and they've got worsening psoriasis, you know, you'd also want to ask about any particular triggers that they might have had recently. So that could be things like stress, that could be things like alcohol. So those are also important things to ask in your history of presenting complaint. Um, and then, yeah, so, so moving on in terms of like their past medical history um, and their drug history, well, you'd want to know if they have a background of psoriasis, like I said, to ascertain whether this is a new episode or if whether this is an acute on chronic flare of their psoriasis. Um, you'd also want to know about if they've got any kind of cardiovascular risk factors, because there is a link between, um, you know, cardiovascular health and psoriasis. Uh, and on that note, so moving on to the drug history, um, it's really important to be asking about any new particular medications that they may have started. So a classic one is things like um, beta blockers um, can be linked to worsening of, of psoriasis and a flare of psoriasis. Um, uh, Naren, did you want to add anything up until that point in terms of the history that we've taken so far? Yeah, no, completely agree with that. So triggering factors is a really important one. So drugs, like Manpreet said, beta blockers, lithium, anti-malarials, there's many more, but those are sort of the most common triggering drugs. And another trigger um, I would always ask about, if it's a first presentation of a guttate psoriasis, so that sort of small teardrop like psoriasis um, eruption, which usually is more common in a younger adult, ask about a preceding infection, particularly streptococcal throat infection. Not that they would know streptococcal, but asking about a preceding throat infection, which can be a trigger for guttate psoriasis. Yeah, and and so on that note, and we can touch upon this a bit later, but there are different types of psoriasis. And once we've covered the history, we can talk about the different types that you should be aware of. Um, 
so yeah so once you've done kind of like a past medical history and a drug history um you know of course family history is important to ask about you know are there any dermatological conditions in the family does psoriasis run in the family um because there is a genetic component to psoriasis and then kind of what's really important in dermatology in particular is the social history so you know asking about smoking alcohol um impact on quality of life is so important and that feeds into some of the assessment tools and scoring systems that we use in dermatology such as um, the DLQI which we will talk about a bit later so yeah really getting an understanding of what kind of psychological impact does this have as well because you know um, people can become quite depressed and quite anxious um, with flares of their psoriasis and that's you know having a holistic approach is really important. Um, Naren is there anything you wanted to add to that last bit? Yes, no, that's completely right. And I would also make sure to ask when you're doing a review of systems about joint involvement. So um, a proportion of patient psoriasis will have or develop in the future associated psoriatic arthritis. Um, so there's another scoring system that we use in clinic. Um, this is something you can read about and you don't dwell, you know, dwell too much on it, but it's called the PEST score. Um, and this essentially assesses um, whether they have any joint involvement, nail involvement, plantar fasciitis, et cetera. So that's another score, PEST score. Yeah. And so um, in terms of just very quickly, before we move on to kind of like the examination um, in psoriasis, there are different types of psoriasis. Um, so what you can see here in these photos is kind of like your classical plaque psoriasis. Um, you can also get guttate psoriasis, like Naren mentioned, pustular psoriasis. You can get psoriasis with nail involvement, um, psoriatic um, arthritis, and you can also get palmar plantar psoriasis. So these are just a few things for you to go off and, and do some reading and make yourself aware of, of the different types of psoriasis. So when you're giving differentials, you are able to be a bit more specific as to what particular subtype of psoriasis you think the patient might have. Um, and then moving on to some of the scoring systems, like Naren's already mentioned one of them, but when you're assessing psoriasis, one of the main scoring systems to be aware of is the PARSI score. And that looks at things like the amount of erythema, the thickness of any plaques, and also the presence of, of scale. Um, and that's something that you can Google and have a look at yourself to make sure that you're aware of kind of the different parameters on which you're scored. Um, but it's always really important to mention the PARSI score and also the DLQI, which is more about looking at the impact these uh, dermatology conditions have on, on quality of life and daily activities. Naren, did you want to add anything? Yeah, no, exactly. Those are, to be honest, the most important um, scoring systems. And we use them firstly to make an assessment of the severity and the impact. And also, I think we mentioned like in the eczema videos, we use these scores so that we can objectively measure the improvement in their condition with certain treatments. Um, and finally, as well, in order to be eligible for biologic treatments, which we'll talk about later, there are certain thresholds. So, for, for example, for psoriasis, you need to have a PASI and DLQI above 10. So the scores have a few implications. So they are really important to mention in your interviews and obviously in real life to do them, which we do. 
And then moving on to kind of treatments of psoriasis that are used in clinical practice. Well, these fall under um, particular categories. So you can have topical treatments, which might be things like, you know, a vitamin D analogs, something like Enstelar, which is like a steroid and a vitamin D, or, or Dovobet, which again is like a steroid and a vitamin D. We also can use phototherapy. We can use systemic medications like methotrexate in psoriasis and also biologics like um, Naren has touched upon already. And then don't forget to mention kind of conservative first line measures like, you know, smoking cessation, exercise, stress control. Those are also important things to consider. Naren, is there anything you wanted to mention in the treatment of psoriasis? Yeah, absolutely. So like you said, um, first, you know, always starting off with the simple and going up the ladder. So absolutely, lifestyle measures is really important. For example, smoking has a big impact, especially on palmar plantar postulosis. So that's really important to emphasize to your patients. Um, people with psoriasis, um, a higher risk of having the metabolic syndrome. So it's really important to counsel them on um, moderate, you know, moderation of alcohol intake, um, optimized weight. Um, and some of these patients may already have other features of metabolic syndrome. So it's important to liaise with the GP as well to make sure these, you know, their blood pressure is controlled, their HbA1c has been checked, things like that. Um, and yes, then topicals, as Manpreet mentioned, phototherapy. So we usually use narrowband UVB. So we start off with that. If that's not effective, we can sometimes consider PUVA. PUVA is essentially UVA and with sorolins. So you take a tablet treatment usually. Sometimes you can put a topical one on the skin and then you have UVA. So narrowband UVB, then PUVA. And then systemics, so methotrexate, cyclosporin, we sometimes use acetretin as well, uh, which is a retinoid. Moving on from that, if they, it's really important as well to be aware of the NICE guidelines. So the NICE guidelines for biologics in patients with psoriasis is that you have to have trialed, tried and failed two systemic treatments, i.e. methotrexate and cyclosporin, um, as well as having tried phototherapy, um, and then you'd be eligible for a biologic if your PASI and DLQI score um, are above 10. So that's important to note. I'm not going to go too much into biologics. I think this is a something you can definitely read about, but don't get too bogged down on the details. For psoriasis, there's actually quite a lot of biologics on the market at the moment, which is great. You know, there are older and more established ones, such, such as anti-TNF um, inhibitors. So these are things like adalimumab, um, infliximab, intanacept we don't really use for psoriasis, but, you know, that's part of the same group. Um, but there's a lots of new ones as well. So ustekinumab, uh, bradalimab, gazelkimab. So there's quite a lot. I think I would advise you just to be aware of them. Um, but what's most important is knowing the eligibility criteria. You know, I think actually, if they asked you that in the exam would be, uh, sorry, in the interview, that would be quite unfair, but it's good to have an idea. The BAD website does a really nice um, checklist um, tool for biologics. If you just um, search BAD biologics 
um, tool. It's got a nice sort of A4 paper listing the different biologics for psoriasis because there's quite a few. There's about ten or eleven. Um, so yes, those are the that's sort of the treatment in a nutshell. Great, and um, I realised that. Uh, I skipped over the bit about examination, but as you can see here, we've got these photos and these photos, by the way, are from DermNet, which is an excellent uh, dermatology resource that we recommend. Um, and the classical sort of examination findings of, of psoriasis would be kind of, you know, these salmon pink plaques, especially in, in plaque psoriasis, with, with, with a silvery scale that you can see here, and they're well demarcated. And like we mentioned before, they might be on classical areas like the extensor, um, areas of the arms or um, over the knees. So when you are presenting a psoriatic rash, you want to be able to paint that picture so that the person on the other side can can imagine what you can see here. Naren, is there anything else you wanted to add for the examination on psoriatic? Yeah. So for all sort of um, how you approach dermatology stations in real life, it's really important to do a full skin examination. Um, so in psoriasis, it involves making sure you look at the scalp, behind the ears, on the lower back sacral area, because those are areas that psoriasis could develop. Obviously the classic areas, the elbows, knees, look at the nails, um, look at the toe, you know, fingernails and toenails. So I think just making sure, again, you're systematic and you take the whole patient in consideration, um, which I would say you should apply to all of your skin examinations um, rather than just focus on one area that they're showing you. So you're almost looking for clues. Uh, do they have other clues that could lead you um, to diagnosis and management? Great. And then I guess just to finish up, the last thing to sort of be aware of is that, you know, there can be complications that occur in patients who have got a background of psoriasis. Um, and, and one of the important ones to be aware of is people who then present erythrodermic. Um, Naren, do you want to tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, um, so I think we've touched on this in one of our other videos, but erythroderma or erythrodermic is a description rather than a diagnosis. And what it means is 90% of the body surface area is essentially, you know, covered in a, in a sort of uh, skin pathology, let's say. So 90% of the body surface area, that's what erythroderma is. And you can be erythrodermic to um, secondary to multiple things. One of them is psoriasis. So this is when psoriasis becomes very uncontrolled um, and it, it can be a first presentation. So presenting erythrodermic psoriasis can be a first presentation or it can be an acute on chronic flare of psoriasis. Um, to sort of touch on that briefly as well, you can also develop something called generalized postulous psoriasis, which is again, something to recognize early and is one of the dermatological you know, emergencies. So generalized postulous psoriasis, we can sometimes see these in um, pregnant women or sort of um, in the immediate post labor, labor period. Um, and they become very unwell, febrile, systemically unwell, and they have sheets of um, essentially these pustules um, and they can be quite unwell, they need to be admitted. So yeah, so those are the, the main complications. So erythrodermic psoriasis and also this generalized pustular psoriasis. You can also have this generalized pustular psoriasis if someone, for example, has been given prednisolone for something else and it sort of stops suddenly 
that can trigger a generalized postural psoriasis. So that's important to be aware of. Great. And I think on that note, we will conclude this video on uh, inflammatory dermatoses and psoriasis.